Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. We're going to be discussing eviction processes for illegally occupied buildings and houses. This seems to be prevalent at the moment, this illegal occupation of buildings and latest reports have indicated fires breaking out and people getting injured, etc., etc. Okay, to unpack this right now, joining us on the line is Greg Fermark, property rights attorney. Greg, good afternoon. Thank you for joining us. Good afternoon. Indeed, Greg. So, uh, yes, it seems as if we have a situation here that is uh, escalating illegally occupied buildings. We've got maintenance, health issues, that kind of thing. How bad is the situation regarding illegally occupied buildings right now? Difficult question. (laughs) I'm not sure that it's particularly worse at the moment. Uh, It it is a it's been a prevalent problem for probably most of 30 years now. Sure. Um, you know, capital flight from the inner city in the early 90s left right. a vacancy. Uh, people invaded the buildings. The building that, that was burnt yesterday was one of those that dates back to the, to the 90s. Um, in truth, there are probably not that many large, dangerous, invaded buildings anymore. Um, there are a few in there and uh, in the inner city, but, but not the sort of the big old ones that we right. saw 20 years ago. So, but uh, yeah, it, it's it's always a concern, and the problem is that these buildings are dangerous. You, know, you um, it, it's easy to talk about fire danger, mm-hmm. but when there is a fire, people die because you know the if you look at the amount of attention that the national building regulations place on the ability to escape in the event of a fire. They're very, very stringent, and unfortunately, these buildings are—they—they um, are—they are terrible. There's no, there's no safety lighting. There's often no, no fire extinguishers. The fire escapes have rusted or are locked shut to prevent people getting in. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a, it's a death trap. I must tell you, I've seen over the years twenty large-scale fires in inner-city buildings mm-hmm. that have resulted in injury or death, and uh, it's much more dangerous than. Sure than people would assume. Greg, it's fine till it's not fine. Oh, sorry to, sorry to cut you short, but in, indeed, as you've just been, it was going to, that was leading to my next question. I mean, you're talking about the condition of the, of the buildings. Obviously, there's yeah. also, well, there, there's maintenance issues. I mean, these buildings are yeah. also, they've also been around for a long time. There's the maintenance issue and also hygiene issues that come into play. Yeah, the hygiene issues are, are, are bad. I mean, you obviously... Uh, what happens with a building that you don't maintain is it starts to decay very quickly. Um, you, you might have seen on an old building, you'll see sort of whitish mm. residue outside the building. What that yes. is, is lime from the concrete leaching out of the building, compounded by wastewater. You know, right. you know the, the sort of uh, acidic wastewater le- leaches the, the concrete out of the buildings, which literally has a structural impact. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of often waste. Uh, we've all seen buildings with two or three stories of, of compressed waste in the, in the courtyard. You know, raptors, raptors big as small dogs. It's, it is <laughs> right. terrible. But the truth is that the danger is fire. That is the real danger. The rest is, it's not quite only cosmetic, but fire is the, is the problem. So then, Greg, um, how challenging is it to, let me put it in layman's terms, get everyone out and clean up? So who is responsible for evicting these illegal occupants? 
You know, in general terms, the, the owner of a building is responsible for the occupiers. Um, but that's easy to say. We all know that there are buildings, and this, this building, the Florence, is one of them, that um, the ownership is defunct and has been defunct for 20-something years. As I recall, that building is a trust. Most of the trustees are long dead. So it's... it's um, there is an obligation on the city council to mm-hmm. give effect to its bylaws. Right. Uh, the, the bylaws that relate to health, fire, the national building regulations and um, uh, act. Very important legislation that, um, that requires the city to intervene. The problem for the city is that when, you, when the city evicts people from dangerous buildings, they have to rehouse them on the assumption that they are poor and would be homeless but for that that housing. Right. And um, and the problem is they don't have alternative accommodation, so they kind right. of just, you know, I don't know what they do, but they... Well, can, c- could they, could they challenge the eviction, the illegal occupants? Uh, that, actually, that was, gonna, that was leading to my next question, uh, Greg. Are they a challenge to the eviction? Can they do that? I, I've had to evict people from a burning building. Many, probably 20 years ago, the old drill hall caught fire People wouldn't leave it. I had to run around the corner to the, to the high court wow. and get an order to get people out of a burning building. So the answer is they can and, and generally will. If the circumstances are so terrible that death's going to happen, there are several layers of officialdom, including, of course, fire safety guys that can say, get out of this building right now and push people out of the building, get the police to assist mm-hmm. them. Very rare, very unusual, but it is possible. Um, more often, I've evicted hundreds of buildings that are in dangerous, very dangerous um, condition. And people will say, I'd rather live here than in the street. But I can tell you, and often the courts will, will agree with that contention, but I can tell you, having seen the results, particularly of fire, there are buildings that it would be less dangerous to live in the streets than to live in those buildings. Because, wow. again... The example I always used to give in my in my court papers was it's three in the morning, there's a fire, there's no light, there's no escape light, there's no fire escape because the door is locked and in any event the, the fire escape has rusted away. Um, you can't see a thing. The place is full of smoke and you are three years old. Right. Good luck. You're gonna die. You know? Wow. And this and this is this is how it's that binary. If that happens, because you know, bear in mind these buildings are often the Florence was a residential building, but these buildings are often commercial buildings. Yes. The fire escapes in a residential building are double the width, for example, than a than a um, than a than a, an office block. An office mm-hmm. block is designed for occupation mostly during the day and mostly by adults. It's not designed for sleeping people who are woken in the early hours by 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 fire. So you know the the whole regime. The whole fire safety regime in a um, in a in a in a, a residential building sure. is much more stringent than an office block. Okay, Greg. Very quickly. So, just to sum it up, do you see any attempt to improve conditions with these buildings? Do you see any uh, efforts or any progress going on? Very quickly. Every now and again, we see politicians arrive and saying this building must this building must must be vacated. We must fix it. The problem yeah. is yeah. to fix a. a a, a dangerous invaded building like that will take three other buildings, right. which the council don't have. So I'm afraid it's, it's lip service only.
Greg, we're going to have to leave it there. Thanks okay, so much for joining us uh, this <laughs> afternoon, just giving us a background as to what is going on with these illegally occupied buildings, what, what conundrums the owners or the authorities have to deal with, and uh, yeah, how they're going to work their way out of this to try and fix things up.